Hello, wonderful, beautiful human family. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are doing fantastic. And I am sending you all of my love, good vibes, well wishes, prayers, and energy your way, wishing you all of the best. We have an amazing show for you today. We have Barbara Mango and Lynn Miller on, and we are talking about their new book, Convergence, The Interconnection of Extraordinary Experiences. Uh, This is a a wonderful episode. We go deep on this one. Uh, Like many other episodes, we talk about the work of William Buhlman, the work of Dr. Nisha Manick and William A. Tiller. We talk about researching UFOs and uh, near-death experiences. We talk about supernatural experiences. We talk about uh, exploring past life and near death, um, a guide for having lucid dreams or um, other consciousness states. Uh, We talk about the use of binaural beats and other tools you can use to um, just explore other states of consciousness. We talk about the three things we are supposed to bring forward in this world and why they are so essential. The work of Einstein and Dr. Joe uh, Dispenza and also liminal dreaming. And we talk about why there's no separation and so much more. This is a fantastic episode. We really dive deep on a lot of spiritual topics and uh, their work really speaks for itself. This is a fascinating book and really extraordinary podcast. So I know that you're going to enjoy it. And if you do, please help get the word out there by sharing this with in uh, Facebook, but direct message, whatever you can do, uh, leave a review in iTunes because censorship is completely bonkers. They're looking at taking down Odyssey platform. The podcast is backed up on uh, Odyssey. And the best way to stay in touch is to go to mattbaylayer.com and become a member. If you can contribute and donate uh, just a very small amount, it really goes a long way. You'll see some donations there. And if you want to become a member for free, just email me, matt at zenathlete.com, and I will send you a link. I want to stay connected because uh, this censorship, we don't know how far it's going to go. So follow me on uh, Telegram. I highly recommend every single person get Telegram. Follow me, and I can connect you to many other accounts journalists and just you know everyone is getting deleted so it's a really great way to hardwire into the truth and good community you know it's not about being right it's about finding the most truthful information and everybody working together as a team and as a unit and the best way you can support the show as always is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world and even better consider doing the kindness challenge do three kind acts a day go out of your way to do it and do that for a week and you might uh, experience a universal wink something weird will happen um, from the universe to know that you are on the right track and um and uh, doing the right thing so that's it and for those of you guys who want to go for a deeper dive you want to work one-on-one with me and you really looking to connect with your life purpose overcome any limitations you want to install a fearless mindset remove these obstacles and these limiting beliefs and you want to architect a future of infinite possibility that aligns with your own vision your own soul and your own integrity using the best training and uh, modern and ancient techniques consider working with me consider joining the atomic alchemy group because it is a group of amazing people Uh, i still do one-on-one stuff but the group is also really tremendous and everybody in there is supporting each other we're holding each other accountable um we are just 
working and committed to living our life purpose, to making a difference in our community, and to moving through this with strength, with adaptability, with courage, and with clear eyes and a clear mind. And it's so uh, much better to do it in community. There are weekly training calls, a private Q&A group. Uh, There is access to courses and workshops and all the previous training. So it really is a fast track for you to get very clear on who you are, who you came here to be. And even if you're already doing it to exponentially increase where you're going and just be around a very, very supportive community. And so if that interests you, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or email me and I will give you the link and more info. And you're welcome to join a call as my guest and just try it out and see if it is for you because um, it has to be a right fit for both of us because we really are only looking for those committed individuals who have the, the same heart in the same spirit and will be supportive with others and uh, get supported by the community as well. So that's it. Um, Let's get into this amazing episode. But before we do, let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, contentment, compassion, enthusiasm, connection, and ready to experience this incredible episode with Barbara Mango and Lynn Miller. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we have been facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support this show, please go to mattbelair.com and become a member. You can share or leave a review to get the word out there. And most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today, we have two incredible guests for you. Our first guest, Lynn Miller, holds dual degrees in psychology and biology. She has also done extensive research in the field of consciousness and out-of-body experience. Is Our second guest, Barbara Mango, holds a PhD in metaphysics. She is a board member of the Past Life Institute and served on the committee for the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation. With decades of experience between them, they have co-authored the book, Convergence, The Interconnection of Extraordinary Experiences. Welcome to the show, Lynn Miller and Barbara Mango. Thank you. Excited to be here today. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here. It's great to have you both. I love going over your bios. They're very extensive. Both of you, you you guys have been researching um, intensely fields that I'm very curious about, out-of-body experiences, consciousness, the limits of consciousness. Um, I think I saw one of you was even with uh, Edgar Casey, or did I, I mistake that for Edgar Mitchell? I don't know. I maybe just um, made my brain go to Edgar Casey, but um Maybe you guys can just introduce yourself a little bit. I wish it was Edgar Casey. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, cool. I, yeah, that's immediately when I saw Edgar. I just, I just. No, I wish it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, why don't we? I start... love the sleeping prophet. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, let's start with you, Lynn. Why don't you just share a little bit about your background and your research and how you came to co-author the book with Barbara? Okay. Um, well, it's. Uh, I started. I guess my journey in spirituality around 2006 and where I just happened to watch um, a movie called what the bleep do we know? 
And even though I've always been interested in the paranormal and UFOs and just all kinds of really neat stuff, that's kind of where it all started with me as I started to get in, getting into more into the meditation and started studying more about consciousness and um, quantum theory and things like that. Um, as I started to meditate more, I started to having more of these strange experiences. Now, I would say that most of my life, I've had spontaneous out-of-body experiences. And um, they were always, to me, because I have, you know, I'm a biologist also, I have a science background, and I just would not accept things like that. It's like, well, that's just too woo-woo for me. And, um, but as you get more into the meditating and quieting the mind, I just noticed that they started to happen quite often, especially the vibrational state where it felt like a freight train was going into my head. And I, I just started to really started to really questioning it and diving into it. Um, started listening to more podcasts, reading more books. And then I happened to find a podcast with William Buhlman and, and um, he was talking about everything that I had experienced. So that was around 2010. And after that, it was just, that's when my, my, my whole world just totally just uh, flipped. Um, I mean, I had already had some amazing paradigm changes. But when I realized that I was having out-of-body experiences, that really, really changed a lot. So I started... Um, and so I started to investigate how to have OBEs, and my journey began having the controlled out-of-body experiences, and that's been an incredible journey. It was about three years ago that we stumbled, I stumbled upon um, the Dr. Edgar Mitchell in research of extraterrestrials, that's um, the other Edgar, and um, where we were looking at these different types of modalities, including out-of-body. And of course, you know, in a lot of people who have out-of-body experiences, they may experience what they believe to be possibly extraterrestrials. You know, there's all kinds of non-human um, intelligences that you can come across. So that was started to come into that. And then um, that's when I was introduced to Barbara. So we started to um, actually um, research this together and started to write a chapter for the book Beyond UFOs. And that's how it's, it started. And that was about three years ago. And then we decided to write our own book. And Barbara, um, <laughs> what about you? Um, well, my journey started when I was two years old. Um, that's when I had my first experience. I've had experiences across the board. I mean, you name it. Um, when I was two years old, I had, I assume it was a spirit guide. It could have been a non-human intelligent being, but she appeared to me as a very tall, elegant, beautiful Native American woman, very wise. She would have come into my bedroom when I was playing alone, and we've had these deep, deep, deep discussions. Um, and the thing was that I didn't think they were weird. I, I totally understood what she was saying completely. We would have telepathic communications about the cosmos, about the, the meaning of the universe, the Big Bang while we were here. And, 
And, you know, looking back, it was so strange. She would speak to me telepathically. That was normal. I understood everything she said. And she showed me unconditional love, which I did not get in my home life. So that started my journey. And throughout my life, I've just had a myriad and variety of what you would call spiritual, paranormal, um, extraordinary, inexplicable experiences. So that actually became my norm and the way I viewed life. And it was very difficult for me because growing up, I lived in the Midwest. I was raised as a liberal Jew. So we were the only Jewish family. I don't even know in the county. I mean, it seemed like that. And and so I felt like I had three things that actually added to my sense of um, out, being an outsider. And one of them that I was Jewish in the middle of Bible Belt. And unfortunately, I experienced a lot of, you know, prejudice and misunderstanding. I also was raised in a very difficult, abusive home. And I was an experiencer. And so I felt so alone. I mean, I wasn't accepted culturally or religiously. I wasn't you know, I didn't really feel like it belonged in my family. And here I am, this little weird kid <laughs> that has these experiences and, and talks telepathically about the origins of the universe, you know? So it was really weird and hard for me, and I didn't know what to do with it. So as I grew and got older, I majored in art, and then I did probably 10 other jobs. And I was working in education with small children in a Head Start program. And I was climbing up a, a gym-like structure to try to rescue a little child that was falling off. And I slipped and I fell and I broke my back and I could no longer teach. I, I really couldn't do anything. You know, I was just trying to heal. So I had a decision to make. I had to decide, okay, what can I do with my life? I can't be physical anymore. I don't want to have a pity party for myself. So how can I go inward? And what do I want to do? And who am I? And then I thought, you know, I am who I've been my whole life. I'm really this person that somehow is able to transcend space time as we know it and connect with other dimensions. Wow. Is there a way I can study this? Is there a way I can pursue this? So I started looking into it and it spent several months and I ended up finding a really fascinating program in metaphysics at a theology college. And of course, I looked really hard and, and I was checking the Better Business Bureau because I didn't want to go to like, you know, a woohoo school. I wanted to make sure it was totally accredited. And, and, you know, the real deal. It was a great school, a great program. I loved it. I got my master's degree. And quite honestly, I just loved my classes so much. I kept going and going and going until I got my PhD. And from then on, I've just been writing and researching. And as Lynn said, we were working together on a scientific foundation. We were on the research team. And we took our chapter and we said, you know what, let's expand this into a book. And that's what we did. Holy smokes. Well, that's quite the intro. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm, that's going through my mind 
it's interesting because you guys both have a scientific background. And so for people who listen to this podcast, most of them would be okay with what you're saying, but people who don't listen to the podcast would be like, holy smokes, this is a little bit unbelievable. And I'm reminded of having Dr. Nisha Manik on the podcast. And she talked about, uh, she wrote a book, um, The Genius of William A. Taylor. And he was researching consciousness his whole life, talking about the power of the quantum field or out of body or however you want to phrase that field that is beyond our five sentence. Our five senses, and you know, studying with um, the indigenous elders, I remember uh, Carlos Barrios, who's a Mayan elder, telling me we actually naturally have twenty senses, and I thought that was very fascinating because if you never had the sense of sight, you wouldn't know what sight is like. If you never had the sense of sound or hearing, you wouldn't know what that's like. And so, I'm curious, like the limits of consciousness and um, what is truly going on here. And so, you guys have an experiencer type of background but also the scientific background so what i'd like to ask is what was the uh, motivation for writing the book and what do you find the most useful for a person on their journey who wants to connect to something more because i feel like the spiritual journey or the out of body or or getting in touch with the quantum field or creator whatever you want to phrase that is a connection with something greater and i feel like that's the pursuit so maybe one of you guys want to jump in on that convoluted question <laughs> it's, it's not convoluted at all um actually lynn and i's main i think if you could say our main purpose or our main focus or our main intent was the difficult journey that most experiencers have um like i said for me i had to stifle myself I had to go through this journey and have these inexplicable experiences and not be able to talk about them and keep them to myself. I wasn't in an environment or a place or surrounded by people that understood me. And to try to make sense of it and to try to incorporate it was so difficult. And I probably spent most of my life, I mean, I always viewed myself as weird, awkward, different, strange, but in a really negative way. And that's very, it's, it's harmful. It's difficult. And so we wanted to reach out to readers and say, hey, you know what, this isn't everybody's norm. But this is our norm. We don't, we're no longer afraid to talk about it. We want you to feel comfortable to talk about it. We are compassionate. We understand. We've been there. We've done it. And we also want you to understand that there's a personality type prone to these experiences. And if you read our book, you may very well see yourself in there. And these, and I can talk a little bit more about that, but these types of personalities with particular backgrounds tend to have experiences and basically come wired differently into the world, maybe with a higher vibration or just a really fine-tuned ability to flip into other dimensions more easily than more people. So we wanted the connection with people so they felt comfortable and they felt there's like-minded people out there. And then we took it from there. That was really, really important to us. And Lynn, what other um, 
things in the book do you think really touch people? Hold on, Lynn, you're muted. I just, uh, I just. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, you know, especially with how we started the whole chapter, we were looking into the possibilities of also where um, we were studying the UAP related contact, which is contact with possibly extraterrestrials. So we were kind of looking at this in a different way where you have to understand that, you know, in the field of ufology, they're more interested in bright, shiny ships and lights in the sky and things like that. But we feel that the most important thing are the experiencers themselves, because um, people who experience these strange things, whether they see um, entities where they whether they're having out-of-body experiences if they're seeing possibility of what they believe to be extraterrestrials or other types of um, non-human intelligent beings that there's something that is extremely unique about the um the experiencer themselves it's all about the experiencer and that's where all the amazing and great information is, is, the, is about learning about the people who have had these experiences and not about the experience, actually, because um, that's and that's the one thing that I started to delve into so much when I started to learn about myself was that, you know, I was on forums and other um, forums and groups and listening to their stories. And I had learned so much about consciousness, about um, the zero point field, about uh, all the stuff that, you, whatever you want to call it, through experiencers. I think that the experiencers have taught me more than anything because, you know, whether or not you join certain types of belief systems um, or you adopt certain types of belief systems, it's, it, it's all within us, the journey. Um, everything that we can learn, it's within us. And that's why I love to be able to concentrate on the experiencers themselves. And that's where we learn. Well, I love that. I find it um, fascinating because most people who do go into ufology or metaphysics or things like that, they, they do focus on the shiny ships, which is interesting. Um, but when you focus on the individual, <laughs> their stories are very, very fascinating. I'm thinking of, uh, I think it's Betty and Barney Hill. You know, that's that story about what happened to them is very famous and very fascinating. And even when I was training with the indigenous elders, they would talk about non um, other intelligences. And that's how they phrase it. Other other there are other intelligences here. And mm -hmm. if we only perceive a very limited uh, view of the sound spectrum of the light spectrum of all the spectrums, if we're very limited, uh, we have no what's no idea what's going on. And it could also be, you know, life in the oceans uh, i can't remember what movie that is but it just talks about potential life in the oceans that we wouldn't be aware of while there's more um land not land but more space and uh volume in the oceans than there are is, mm -hmm. is in the land so who knows what the heck's going on down there um but what i wanted to ask was if we're exploring our consciousness and we're exploring reality for me when I've had these experiences because i know what you guys are talking about um they were profound but they're they're very helpful for the individual it's like an individual awakening that you kind of want to pass on but i yes. found that i can't i can't stay there you know it's it's i've i've described it as your mother's love times a million um you know it's and there's there's a variety of different experiences but 
it changes the way that you view this reality you're in. And the easiest way to experience that is lucid dreaming. That's how I first did it when I was able to become aware in my dream. And I thought, well, that's weird. If I'm now conscious here in this place, what is going on in that place? So how many other places can I become conscious in? It's a very weird idea to entertain. And so when Mm -hmm. you guys are talking about potentially astral projection or going to another dimension, can you define that from a scientific background? Because like I said, you both have a very (laughs) in-depth scientific background, which is great. Um, You know, many of the people who have these experiences, they don't have that. So maybe you can um, help somebody who's new to this wrap their mind around what's actually happening. I could try my best, and I'm not what you call a quantum physicist or anything. It's just that it's all about the fact that consciousness is non-local. It's not within our bodies or our brains. We are we are interdimensional beings. So basically, we are interdimensional beings who are, you know, sort of having some type of physical existence, if you want to call it a physical ex- existence. So that's, um, you know, what we're doing is we're sort of creating this reality but we're really interdimensional. And that's really what our book kind of focuses on, the fact that it's called convergence, the interconnection, because all these types of experiences, like Barbara's background is in near-death studies. And all these, whether they are near-death, whether we're um, experiencing afterlife images, past life things, all of this has to do with non-local consciousness. So that's where it all ends up converging into that aspect. Um, As of the science behind it, you know, there's a lot of things that you can look into, like the quantum hologram theory, certain things like how does DMT affect the brain in this way to be able to put us into this type of um, non-locality, but, um, that's probably the best way that I can explain something like this is that, you know, we're not physical beings anyway, you know, we're, we're in a dimensional and, and our consciousness can explore that as to where it goes. That is infinite. There are infinite possibilities of where we can travel in dreams, lucid dreams, out of body experiences. Um, I usually kind of call it, you know, where you're kind of like Googling something. And when you Google something, you can like have all these thousands and thousands of things on Google. And it's kind of like that when you're traveling out of body, it's like, I want to go to this, like I want to go to Stonehenge or I want to visit the moon or Mars. And that's still so infinite as to where you go, the time, because time does not exist. And it's really amazing to be able to experience where past, present, and future are one and where you're no longer in linear time. So it's, I hope that I explained that okay. Well, I was able to follow along. Barbara, um, do you have any good. Yeah, Barbara, what do you think? I also, <laughs> I'll just ask you to unmute. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Hi. Well, how I came about this is every different type of experience that I had. And I mean, these range from communication with past loved ones, the typical paranormal type of phenomena, 
Um, I've had like a transcendent experience where I merged with everything that is. I've had probably 25 spontaneous past life uh, recalls while fully awake, um, mediumistic types of experiences where it's very clairsentient. If I'm at a certain place, I know exactly what happened at that place. But even though every experience was different, oh, and including a, um, a sighting, which was absolutely amazing when I was a child of a craft, I've noticed there's there are parallels between all of them. And the reason why I call them interconnected is because they all happen outside of our 3D everyday space and time. They all have a greatly heightened senses. I've received information downloads in many, many of them. Um, I've either sensed a present or seen some type of otherworldly light. Time has been distorted. Uh, communication is always telepathic. And a lot of them are multidimensional. I, I think um, when I'm experienced a past life recall, they're happen in probably I think like five dimensions so there's and they're so real they're realer realer than real and they're unforgettable they're indelible and in one that what I call the transcendent experience when I felt like I was merging with everything there is it was almost what near-death experiencers talk about the light going to the light and the absolute indestructible love you feel it really is impossible it's impossible to put into human words but it is it's like the love you have for a child magnified by 10 billion and and it's so that's why my myriad of experiences when you sort of sift through them they have so many commonalities that to me it always made sense that they're interconnected and how can they be interconnected? Well, they're interconnected because consciousness really can go and be anywhere. There's no time and past life is the past, right? I've had precognition, future. So that's always how I've seen, um, you know, my vision. And I remember telling my husband, because I always think of myself as confined in my physical body. And sometimes I get very frustrated with that. And I remember I was having a, a conversation with my husband and he doesn't, you know, he gets it, but he doesn't get it. And I said to him, you know, oh, I'm so tired of being in the constraints of this physical body. I just want to, you know, leave it and go home. And he turned and looked at me panicked and he said are you thinking of killing yourself and he said no no I just I just feel so confined and it's really hard to explain so that's um that's how I view it that's my lens wow well I appreciate that and you know for me I've had a few mind-blowing experiences in my life that don't make any sense um i have uh, filmed several ufos that i put on youtube i've had several experiences in my life um where i saw something in physical reality that shouldn't have been there um and i've also been able to experience 
um, non-local mind, whatever. I don't know what that is. Fifth dimension, something else. I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I have no idea what happens there, but it isn't this consciousness as we see it as day to day. And I like how you described, um, it's more, you know, I say it's more real than this reality. You know, you said it's realer than real. And when I've had it through meditation or a couple other different experiences, that experience is more real than this one. So that is also a very confusing thing to, um, experience. And so what I'd love to ask, because not everybody's had these things. And I feel like, um, some people go at, want these things like meditation to go get something, right? I want to go, um, out of body to get this, or I want to, you know, have this experience to get something, which I think you can. And I think the value in it is, understanding that you're not just locked into this consciousness, you know, that there is a sense of freedom in your spirit. And that's what it, it showed me that I am connected to something greater, um, that the, there is a, a great spirit that I'm a part of. That's what it did for me personally. Um, and it expanded my consciousness in a way that um, I was open to infinite possibilities of who I was and what I was capable of. So I found that to be valuable. And I'd love for you guys to share um, what are some practical takeaways or advice or anything you could share with somebody who's on that journey because uh, William Buhlman has been on the show um, it's one of the most watched shows and he teaches about astral projection and you know I remember reading a book on astral projection at 15 years old and honestly it could have been his his book I don't know I just remember going in the basement and giving it a try and uh, a few years later I had you know a very profound experience and but it didn't happen right away and, and I also realized I couldn't stay in that space. Although it was good to be there, um, unfortunately, I couldn't stay there. For, for some reason, we're supposed to be here on this planet, in this body, doing something. And so uh, I just give it back to you guys to share maybe some practical tools or tips or lessons that you guys have learned from researching out-of-body experiences, consciousness, um, other dimensions, and all this um, interesting world of, of what the limits of consciousness are. I, um, first I believe that I, when you seek too hard, it, I think it puts a little block. Lynn and I have worked with a lot of scientists and academics and researchers. And our experience was, and not, this isn't across the board. Some of them have had experiences, usually they're limited, but most of them have not. And they work so hard, so furiously to prove what Lynn and I feel we already know experientially. And it, one in particular, I was quite friendly with, and he would get so frustrated. He said, I want to have experience. I, how can I have experiences? I want, And I said, you're so focused in your left brain. You're just that's, I know you want to, but you've got to, to sort of lose some of that left brain focus and that linear sequential thinking and that intense need to just research, research, research. So that's, that's very difficult to let go of the concrete sequential linear, which I think gives us a sense of control. Uh, so what I always recommend is I'm very experientially oriented. I read voraciously and I've read on all of these modalities very, very, very extensively. I personally, though, think 
that one has to try and experiment with different practices. I've tried meditation. I've tried um, vibrational healing. I became a Reiki master because I was interested in energy work. And I found that as I studied my energy level and ability, you know, to work with energy and feel energy and heal with energy grew and grew and grew. And I tried many, many, many different techniques and some just seemed to feel right for me. Some just stuck. So I think if you really are interested in experiencing, you've got to find what works for you because it's not just a one fits all. And I would say, go for it, you know, whatever you are interested or think you're interested in, and don't give up. If you try, you know, Kundalini yoga and it's just not working for you. Okay. What can we try next? It takes a very open mind. It takes a mind that's willing to say, okay, I've got to find something to ground me and quiet me. And it takes, it actually takes, you know, a lot of curiosity. So I'm more go experiential. Yes, read, but go experiential. And Lynn, what, how do you look at it? Oh, okay. Um, well, the, the way I look at it is, um, it's like, what, what, what do these experiences mean? Um, and the big, the big picture, um, for instance, it's like, of course, I would say I'm, I'm under the school of William Buhlman. He is my mentor. He's my, um, he, I feel like he's like the grand poobah of, the, of these things. And it's, it's like we, what we are experiencing as this, because first of all, I know it's a knowing. I know what my experiences mean. I know that there is something beyond this physical body, that we are more than this physical body. Um, I look up at the sky at night. I have looked up at the stars every, you know, every time I go outside and, and the beauty and how amazing it is. And it's like, I can travel the stars, you know, within our consciousness, we could do that. We can do anything. We can go anywhere. I mean, it's, it's just almost as if it's like, um, you know, we, we, we take this physical existence a little bit too seriously sometimes, and um, I think that these experiences have taught me that there's so much more, so much more. And, and as you start to understand these and as you, you know, have these, these dreams and the lucid dreams and stuff, you start to also be able to work this life out even more because, of course, we are here for a reason. You know, we're here to learn. We're here to go through these hardships, you know, these bumps. And, and all this. And, you know, one thing that I have learned is that these experiences have helped me find, um, help me face my fears, because that's one thing that, you know, dreams and out-of-body experiences do. And then that's one thing that you'll face um, a lot. I mean, it's all beautiful. It's been wonderful, but it's also a means of being able to get through, you know, blocks in life. So, you know, they are very intertwined and, and, and you know, it helps you realize um, how to 
better on get on with this type of life and your existence and your daily lives, how you can better get along with, you know, your, you know, with the rest of humanity and, and all those things. It especially teaches you um, that you're one with nature and that nature is one of the most precious and most beautiful things because of any place that I have gone the most was in nature the beauty of the oceans and the skies and the, and the trees. I've been inside trees and I've been under the water and I've been so one with that. And it really teaches you that we cannot, you know, a lot of experiencers have that in common where they feel the unity and oneness with the surrounding world, with, with the animals and plants. It just teaches you so much that, um, you know, this is something that we just can't turn our backs on and we become more in tune to, you know, just not what's on the other side or, you know, not what we view in non-locality, but what we also view in our reality and what we choose to be as our physical reality. Um, I hope I just didn't rattle on and I hope you can understand that. Yeah, I loved all that. And I, well, I especially love the um, nature bit um, because just it's, re I'm reminded of uh, Jesus and the Essenes. I read this book a long time ago and it said there's four ways to know God. Um, I invite people to look that up, but I believe one was study, one of them was nature, one of them was uh, self inquiry or, mm -hmm. or meditation, basically. And I think the other one was a master. I can't quite, I'm sure about the first three. And I think the last one was like a mentor or a tutor that would, that would help you there. And so, you know, when we go into the inner world, um, I think it's one of the most important things we can do. And we're not trained on how to do that. So what if every single kid in the world was trained to go within their own minds in their own hearts and, and learn how to create stillness and connect to everything that is. And it's within them. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is within you. Um, all the spiritual teachings tell you to go yes. within. And so then what would be possible? And I've also heard that the Essenes were a group of masters that knew Jesus was coming. So that's an interesting idea of like, even today, I wonder what, what exists in this world of groups of people who train children from birth, you know, on the, on these spiritual principles on these inner principles and teaching them how to eat right and, and don't let them get all frigged up with TV and all the stuff that's distracting in our Western and our developed countries and, and give that focus. Like mm -hmm. uh, I think it's the Kogi tribe. Um, I think that's what it is. And I, I think they don't see light for like 12 years or something like that. Um, I know people in the comments and out there will know exactly what I'm talking about because it's such a fascinating uh, group of people. And I have a friend actually training with them and hopefully we're going to get one of them on the show. And so what would they view reality like? What, what would be normal to them, right? When I was studying with the indigenous elders, their normal is not my normal. It wasn't any of my friends normal. It was no, it wasn't a normal of anyone else I knew. It was something totally <laughs> different. So what, you know, what is actually going on here? And I always try to bring it back to, to how practical we can make it. And so for somebody who's exploring these things, um, I'll try to phrase it in a little bit of a different way, but how, how, what can we do um, as a daily practice or even a daily philosophy to integrate into our own life, to have a deeper connection with all that is, or to begin to explore our inner worlds and our outer worlds. And I'll leave that. To, I guess I'll go back to Barbara to go first. And you'll have to unmute too.
Can you hear me now? You're in the game. Hello? 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 Yeah, go ahead. Well, she was there. Then she drops out. We can hear you. You just got to unmute yourself again. She's had a little bit of a technical issues today. So if you didn't see her, um, I guess I'll go, I'll go to Lynn. Um, I'll try to unmute Barbara in the meantime. Now, Lynn, you're muted. <laughs> uh. Okay. So you asked, what can we do um, to change this? I just know that um, through these experiences, I feel like the one thing that has been taught to me the most, because, you know, I've seen, um, you know, I have spirit guides and, and, and different people on the other side, my teachers, my, my family, my, um, um, and I, I felt like the one thing that they have tried to teach me the most was to try to understand that is to try to understand each other more, try to understand humanity more, because it's so easy when, when you're kind of like this, where you feel like you just don't fit into the rest of society. And you have this tendency to want to separate yourself from it, because sometimes I really wish that I sort of did that and lived out in the middle of nowhere and didn't have any, you know, whatsoever contact with anybody. But that's not right. You know, we're here to try to understand each other. And to me, that's part of this is to try to understand that, you know, each and every one of us are having our own difficulties. We have our own journeys and we all are having our own difficulties. So regardless of what you see and the type of people that you may um, find difficult, it's just that we're all having to face our battles within ourselves and we're all facing the same battles. And to be able to be compassionate about that, about um, each other and to have more you know, forgiveness and compassion and understanding that even though we're different, you know, we're all fighting the same thing. And that's the one thing that I feel like my guides have tried to teach me the most was to have this compassion for each other. Um, you know, no boundaries, um, you know, despite, you know, any anything. And, you know, in, in today's society, in today's world, it's, it's so hard because, you know, we're kind of experiencing this duality of opposites and we can get so easily entangled into that. And it's just step away from it, step away from that and just, um, you know, look at, at the fact that we are one, we are one, we are connected through this um, interdimensional consciousness, through this zero point field, we are all connected to each other. And um, that's the greatest thing I think I've gotten out of this. I think Barbara's unmuted now. <laughs> Go ahead, Barbara. Hey, Barb. Am I unmuted? Yep. You can hear me. Okay. Um, what I've learned from all of my experiences too, are there three things that I feel we're supposed to bring forward. And one is compassion. The other is that everything in this world is based on love. We are love. We're light and we're love. And knowledge you know, ever seeking knowledge. And I don't necessarily mean it doesn't have to be intellectual school knowledge, just knowledge. And um, and I think to 
to take all three and be able to put them together, it also requires quiet time, reflective time. Um, I've personally found helpful and I can connect with my higher consciousness or with my guides through journaling. I think that's another good practice for people that might not have been able to um, get to the point they want to get to in their spiritual journey. I found journaling and just free thought and, and, and flow when I journal. Um, nature, like Lynn said, um, is so inspirational to me. But I think, too, if you just practice compassion, 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 and kindness, it opens you up. It not only opens up your perspective, it helps you understand that everything on this earth and every person on this earth is connected. We're all interconnected. And I know that's a difficult concept, probably in theory, but in practice, it's not. And the other thing I want to say is, and probably because of the way I was raised, you know, sometimes when we are a little different or our interests or the way we think is a little unique, we have to make our own our own families. We can create our own families of like-minded people. And, and as Lynn always says, develop our own tribe. And I think that is incredibly helpful and important for people looking for this. And fortunately, with social media and the internet, it's very easy to do that. I have made amazing friends. I have made friends where the connection is so deep, they have become my family. And by utilizing that as well, I, it, it helps you open, it helps for a free dialogue. Um, and it, I just think it's a wonderful tool. You know, social media can be a turnoff in some ways, but in others, when you're seeking, um, I think it's really important and extremely helpful. Well, well, I love both your answers. And I really love the kindness and compassion piece when I was in Nepal meditating with the monks and I was um, doing um, lessons with older monks that were there. And, and I would always ask them all these different questions and they would always come back to kindness and compassion. And that's like their number one teaching, you know, was to be kind and compassionate. And then also understanding humanity, trying to have compassion for other people, even when they are combative, even when they are harmful. And that seems to be what's going on here. You know, I was actually on a call today and a lot of people in, in, certain parts of the world is a very divided place. And um, if you have a difference of opinion, you might get severely attacked for that. And so it's interesting having compassion for abuser, but also being able to um, hold your point of view, you know, and there's only one point of view out there. Well, there are fractions of it, but you know, it's like you, if you don't believe what I believe, I'm going to attack you. You know, I was like, Whoa, that's, that's a crazy thing. Like, please don't do that. And so, um, you know, I know a lot of us are being challenged in the world today. So what I'd love to ask is, can you give any practical tools for a process people could go through um, to have, um, you know, maybe it's one of the out-of-body experiences or lucid dreaming, or to be able to touch this viscerally? And so, so many people are so unfamiliar with this. One of the ways that I like to do it is through breath work. Um, the other way that I like to, and well, actually more meditation. I, I more like to pe put people into a guided state and, and especially um, going through mastering the quantum heart hypnosis where 
uh, for me, I've done a lot of guided meditations for people and hypnosis for people, past life regression, um, death rituals, things like that. That's very profound for a lot of people because they don't, they haven't even mastered quieting their mind. So when you bring them into a very powerful experience, but when you add the heart into it, that's what I found to be like a little bit of a key that's very different because you're asking this intelligent, that's almost the closest thing connected to your soul to give you feedback because we're usually giving and wanting feedback from our minds, but our mind is very limited. It can't give us the same feedback our heart can or our soul can. And so exploring in that way, I can give them a little grasp of um, a bigger picture of a connection with spirit of a different understanding. And then you can go as far as astral projection, uh, wait, walking in your dreams, you know, having these entities at night. And I've heard countless stories of this. And, and like you guys said, you know, you had these experiences when you were younger. I know that when I travel, um, and people will start to open up about their experiences. Pretty well, 100% of people have had some sort of out-of-body experience, a near-death experience, or an ET entity other being experience, whether they were children or they were older. It's funny because you see the people on the outskirts, and they're like, you know, I've never, and they'll say, I've never told this story to anyone because it, it breaks their reality. They can't put it into any box of anything they've ever experienced before. And so for me, it just says, it says, look, you know, our life is infinite. We don't just die. There are other forces here that we're unaware of, and we get to consciously choose what we want to engage in. Do we want to engage in the path of spirituality, of righteousness, of truth, of creator God spirit, or do we want to go down the path through our own free will of kind of deceit and, you know, taking from people? And I feel like this reality must come with a, uh, confusion factor we can't have 100 percent certainty because we wouldn't then have free will to make the choices that we're going to make it has to come back to free will so with that rant i'll, I'll go to uh lynn for, <laughs> for her insights and updates unless barbara you want to chime in but uh, I, either of you feel free to no i'll let that. lynn okay go, go ahead. ahead lynn okay yeah um yeah, despite the fact that, yeah, throughout my life, I was having spontaneous out-of-body experiences. And, you know, when I was younger, I pretty much thought, okay, well, I guess everybody had those. And, you know, I, they were just something common to me. But, yes, there are definitely things that you can do to um, pretty much improve your chances of having things like this. Now, you know, the thing about it is when I started to doing meditation. Now I am not this big um transcendental meditation type of person. Um I've always had the, you know, I had the difficulty of quietening the mind and, and certain things like that. So um, you know, what how I started was listening to binaural beats, um, meditation music, um, guided meditations. And um and that's kind of what I had started getting into to be able to start being more spiritual because that's what my my path was i was wanting to become more spiritual um you know in that um i wasn't really understanding what was going on without about experiences at that time but because through i started because i was having more of these quiet moments where i was quieting my mind um and doing things like that I started to have them more. And then I started to start it. That's when I started, okay, I'm having an out-of-body experience. How do I learn how to do that even more? And that's where I learned how you can actually um, have 
controlled out-of-body experiences. And really what you do is, you know, there's really no one that could just lay down and say, I'm going to have an out-of-body experience and have one. But there are things that you can do to improve your chances. And a lot of that is the fact, too, that, you know, when you're having an out-of-body experience, you're hit, you're entering into the hypnagogic state. So you're hitting into the theta brainwave. And that's kind of where you want to enter into it. And you want to be able to maintain that. So, you know, listening to a lot of the about, you know, what William Buhlman suggested and things like that, you know, there are different ways of being able to, you know, it's what we call the wake back to bed technique, where you might get up maybe one or two o'clock in the morning, stay awake for a little bit, lay back down, maybe go through your binaural beats or whatever meditation that you like, try to clear the mind. And during that time, you will prolong your hypnagogic state at which you will and might enter into the vibration state. And then once you're into the vibration state, then you can have an OBE. You know, a lot of people might have experienced um, um, sleep paralysis you know, that's a huge indication that you're, you know, that you're having an out-of-body experience by by um, sleep paralysis, which um, a lot of people do experience that when they feel like they are trying to wake up and they can't, they can't move. That's basically your body telling you, relax, and you're just about ready to leave your body because pretty much everybody will enter sleep paralysis. But yeah, um, Another thing that I do that seems to work even better at nighttime is that I may get up extra early in the morning, um, stay up a little bit and maybe take like a mid-morning nap and do it that way. Um, Meditation, other things, but it's almost as if your body is just ready to just hit it really easily. Um, The hypnagogic state and that's when you can have, that's what increases your chances of having an out-of-body experience. So, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that you just can't lay there and just say, I'm going to go out of body. Um, a lot of people, I don't even think William Buhlman can do that. It's just, there are things that you can do to increase your chances. And definitely meditation is one of them because you, you you need to practice being able to shut down your your monkey brain, you know, all those thoughts and everything. You need to be able to concentrate on something different. That's why I like um, the guided meditations because they completely just kind of shut down everything that you're thinking or, you know, and stuff. So that's one of my suggestions that I would say for people who are interested in having out-of-body experiences. Thank you. I love all that. Um, I'll get Barbara to chime in in a moment uh, as she unmutes herself. I'll give her that time to figure it out as I rant. But, uh, you know, it's interesting that you share all those because it's the same thing that I've experienced um, when I was doing lucid dreaming, uh, doing a guided meditation at night, but also understanding that your brain is more active at like two or three or four in the morning to something like that. And and you're more likely to be able to Mm -hmm. um, experience these things. So when I went to a Dr. Joe Dispenza workshop, we were working on some of that kind of stuff and we had to get up at four in the morning. Then we would go through a very intense meditation, a very intense breath practice. And so also um, I had uh, Jennifer Dumper on the podcast, um, I think over two years ago now, and she wrote a book called Liminal Dreaming and also talked about um, certain foods that you could eat that would kind of help that out. And 
um, herbs. And mm -hmm. I know that this has been used in indigenous cultures for years to have sometimes um, psychedelic experiences, but sometimes even just to help promote the dream state in the same way you would eat a certain meal before mm -hmm. um, having an athletic event. You can have herbs that would support either relaxing the mind and changing the brain waves. Mm -hmm. And that's the key is that, you know, if we're talking about consciousness in the right. fifth dimension and things like that, yeah. most people are stuck in the uh, beta brainwave, you know, just a waking state. They're just going around in their beta brainwaves mm -hmm. all day and they think, you know what, this is what my brain is and this is what it does. They don't know how to drop it down to even alpha or theta. And I think, and I, I make sure I beta is the waking one, right? And then alpha is like kind of relaxed, you know, you're, you're daydreaming, right? And then theta, you're starting to get deeper into a deeper meditation. And, mm -hmm. and what, as those mm -hmm. starts to the, those, parts of the mind start to shut down, then you access something else, right? The non-local mind, right? But you have to get out of the way. Your con it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's such a challenging thing because your consciousness is not allowed to come. And that's a, like, it's a whole other thing that engages. You can't kind of consciously walk there. It's, a, it's almost more of a surrender. And so, so many people have a challenge with that. So I just wanted to kind of share those few things because I feel like it was, um, you know, fantastic advice. And, and Barbara, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I have a different experience than Lynn as far as actually um, studying, you know, over a long period of time. The thing with me, and, and this is what's been amazing, but at the same time, really confusing for me, um, is that my experiences just pop out of nowhere. And they almost universally occur while I'm in a fully conscious state. Um, I'll just be like, for example, this one I called a transcendent experience. I was taking a walk down my street. I love nature. You know, I, I was, I love to look up at the sky and watch the clouds. And, you know, as a little kid, I look at the cloud. Oh, that one looks like a dog. That one looks like, you know, a horse. And I, so I have really no control over them. And I know this is probably not the norm. Um, but here's an example. I was walking down the street, just looking at the sky. And then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, time stopped. It just stopped. I had no sense of time whatsoever. I knew I was rooted here in the three-dimensional world. I felt my feet on the road. I could feel the breeze in the air. I knew I was Barbara. But yet the sky seemed to fill with a intense, bright light. And I was overcome with such intense is, is just so weak of a word. I mean, mind blowing love, mind blowing love. And I started getting downloads of information. I, I don't know. I felt as if I was communicating with God or source or whatever term that you would choose. And I was just being shown these connected threads. They almost looked like the threads of a spider web, you know, um, but they were glistening. And I was being shown that every single thing in this world is interconnected. I would see a little, you know, like a fine little wispy um, connective thread between me and a bug and between me and a star. And it was coming at me at warp speed. I was surrounded by love and this bright, beautiful light and seeing the interconnection of everything. And I was, I was blown away. I had this deep, 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 deep understanding of all that is. And it just stopped. 
it just stopped. So I hadn't been practicing anything. I hadn't been intending anything to happen. And, and I remember I stopped. I was in the middle of the street and my neighbor happened to be outside. It was a nice summer day. And I had tears running down my face because when you experience that type of love and oneness, it's almost too much for our three-dimensional bodies and senses to handle. I, it's just too great. So I, I remember I had tears streaming down my face and my mouth was wide open because I must have been gasping. And my neighbor just looked at me like, holy <laughs> Only this woman, this crazy woman lives down my street. I don't want to talk to her anymore. But what I'm saying is, and I think the reason why I'm able to have these sort of spontaneous um, experiences that have taught me and have been my teacher is because I come from a home life that was very traumatic and abusive. And perhaps many of you as well have. And one of the ways psychological coping mechanisms is dissociation. And I mean mild dissociation. I don't mean pathological dissociation, you know, but just the ability to tune out, to just sort of zone out, to, you know, get into sort of a, a fan, dream world, you know, like a daydreaming. And, and I think because I can do that so easily, I can almost self-hypnotize myself that if I'm relaxed and I'm walking or um, unfortunately sometimes driving, I shouldn't say that because no one will want to drive with me, but I just, just my mind goes and, and then I have my experiences. So I would say to a lot of you, anybody that has that ability to quote space out or, or daydream, if you can kind of just let that happen. And I don't mean while you're driving like me, but let that happen. Go with it. Don't think it's crazy. Don't sit there and go, oh, my God, is there something wrong with me? Just sit in it. Let it happen. Relax with it. And that's how I find that my experiences come to me through that. So it's a little unusual, you know. Well, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And and that's true. Some people just have those experiences, you know, like anything else. Some people just go through that uh, more often or more naturally for whatever reason it is. Um, you know, my my partner, actually, she when she was younger, she had like five imaginary friends. And I think it was until like three or something. I'm like, I wonder if they were I always consider I'm like, I wonder if they were actually actually beings like who who knows who knows the perception of a of a child, you know, that's that's fresh out from the other side and um, has no programming whatsoever. Who knows what they're seeing, if it's real or if they're making it up. And so um, I do know for sure. Um, people have spontaneous ones, probably just not as often as you do. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely a rare thing, but it does exist and other people train for it and they're able to have it. And then some of them happen uh, spontaneously from my interviews and talking to a lot of different people. Sometimes it's just the universe kind of charging you up and giving you what you need. And other times it's a conscious direction where you're asking for help and you're wanting to connect with spirit. And then the universe again will respond possibly with one of these experiences, letting you know that, Hey, we're here. You're not alone. 
um, you're connected to something greater. Um, and so if people want to spark that, it's that inner desire, it's that inner will first to say, okay, you know, I'm ready for this um, experience. I'm ready to um, have some guidance or some connection. And, and um, that can also be a spark. And I'm reminded also of Einstein, who would just use this on a micro scale. And I think other people did it as well. But if there was a problem that they, they couldn't solve, they would just he would just hold a rock or something in his hand. And as he drift off to sleep, the rock would drop and then he would be caught in between these two worlds. And so it would be opening up to that imagine, imagination space into this other brainwave into this other world, and then bring it back to this reality. Because like you guys have said, the challenge is when you're on that other side, and you go through this experience, it's like, oh, this is the whole universe. And yeah, here's your you know, mother's love times a billion. Um, and it's all great. And you understand everything now. And you're like, uh-huh. And then you go back and then you remember nothing. And you're like, come on, like, let me take one thing back. But over time, you kind of process and you unfold it. And, and, and you, do, you do bring it back, but it isn't like English or like a graph that you understand. It's, it's more like a feeling that you have to sort of unravel. I kind of say it's like, it's worse than like, trying to understand a foreign language that you don't know it's it's so you have no context for what it is it's something totally different so um you know this guy's has been amazing i'm really looking forward to um checking out the book and the work and and how this might inspire other people to expand their consciousness in the way they view the world and the way they view themselves and empower them to bring more compassion and kindness into their lives and connect to something greater than themselves. And I think that's what the journey of consciousness expansion is, is the journey of um, becoming the best version of yourself, but also understanding that, that you are interconnected to everyone, everything, and a force that is beyond imagination. And so um, I'd love to give it back to you guys to share um, any final words or thoughts. I guess Barbara go first because you're already unmuted. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm having technical issues today. Um, I just believe that, okay, I, I'll bring it back to when I was a child. Um, I was raised as a very liberal Jew in the middle of the Bible Belt. And I was never religious because I grew up with these experiences that showed me that, you know, there aren't walls, there aren't differences. Everybody's interconnected. Everything is interconnected. So the whole dogmatic religion thing just never sat right um, for me. And even though we were raised in a, you know, low key liberal Jewish home, I never, you know, I never, the Jewish, um, you, you like tag never felt you know, it never fit. It never felt right. And I would always say, I'm not Jewish, I'm spiritual. But what I took away from that is the one thing that I really connected with was uh, doing mitzvahs. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that in the Jewish religion, that is probably the most important thing you're taught. Doing a mitzvah means you just do something kind for it could be a person, an animal. It's a, just basically a random act of kindness that you do without wanting or expecting anything in return, just because that's compassion. And that's probably what I bring forth, not only from that teaching, but from every experience in my life. Because I think when you're coming from a place of compassion, and kindness, 
it ties in with every single thing we've been talking about. I mean, it's part and parcel. We're all interconnected. Um, how great would this world be if we realized that? How great would this be world be if we all could get past our sort of, you know, layers of protection and buffers and sometimes one-dimensional thinking and our, our judgment and break through those barriers. And when you see life through a different lens and you realize that consciousness is everywhere, anywhere, it's not localized to the brain. The brain is just a filter and we can all connect, you know, because of that, we can all connect to different dimensions where compassion and kindness and love that's it exists always exists there so that's what i would say and that's kind of my mantra in life to just develop it's a process it's not easy trust me i have to work on it every day but kindness and compassion and love and understanding and also to be as non-judgmental as you can I love it. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. And I agree. It's everything that I've learned from studying with the monks and my indigenous elders as well. And, uh, you know, it always comes back to that. It's not complicated. It's just challenging. And I remember going through uh, the Zen lessons and they would talk about these universal principles and say the same thing as like these universal principles. There are not many. They're just an ever um, expansion of a deepening of understanding you know like oh the, here's another way i can be non non-judgmental here's another way i can show and be compassionate and i love the mitzvah thing because you know david lombert taught me the three kind of acts a day go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone well that takes you from heavenly minded to earthly good rather than being so heavenly minded and forgetting to apply that in your daily interactions as you go about your business so i love all that and appreciate it and i'll go to lynn to get her final thoughts flies bothering me okay what can i say it's like the kingdom of heaven is within you I mean, and I just, I can't stress that enough because it's like everything and all the truth and everything is within you when you look inside of you. And that's why it's like, I often say, I have no belief systems. I follow no organized religion um, because everything that you need to know is within inside of you. All the truths are, you just have to, you know, look inside and that, I mean, and that's almost a cliche, but it's so true. Um, the experiences that I have has shown me that we are more than our physical bodies. The experiences I have had, I have seen alternate realities. I have seen um, my mother who's, who passed away almost two years ago. I've seen her in her reality and her realities that she is living. I know that life continues. You just know that. And I'm so positive about that. And no one needs to tell me that it is through a book or through anything, because I know that life continues and our consciousness continues on um, beyond the, these physical bodies. And this it's just it's wonderful. It, it truly is just to know that. So that's pretty much all I have to say. 
<laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I really appreciated you having or coming here and sharing your book and your wisdom. Where can people find you if they want to start to explore this and some of the resources? Because you know, you guys kind of talked uh, William Buhlman's work, and so, you know, you guys have the scientific background. So I know you have a ton of resources for the analytical minds who want to explore this, and also uh, the spiritual seekers out there. So if they want to find your work and explore the book, where should they go? We have our book for sale on Amazon. It's available in a paperback and it's also available on Kindle. It's for sale in Barnes and Noble in both, again, a paperback and on Book Nook, also the book depository. Um, and um, as far as, yes, we have tons and tons of resources in the back of the book because we feel it's really really important for people not only to be able to you know to search for answers but also um there's also some testing some personality testing and links to that to see if you may have any anomalous type personality and they're fun and they're interesting but there's some wonderful foundations and from my experiences i've had a lot of past life experiences and excuse me, and I studied near death. So I would say, and this is also listed, but the world's largest near death experience foundation, and it's translated into, I think about 35 languages, is it's called ENDERF, the Near Death Experience Research Foundation. They do research. You can be a research participant. They uh it's just a plethora of information. They also, it's run by Jeffrey and Jody Long. They also have a separate website for after death communication. They also have a separate website for out of body experiences and research. Um, there's just so much. And Lynn, what would you suggest for the, um, the out of body research? Well, um, of course, um, William Buhlman, um, astroinfo.org. But another thing that we want to also tell our guests is that, you know, we also have a website. Now, Barbara is a prolific writer and she is an amazing writer and she has written some of the most amazing blog articles um, that she puts out about twice a week. And it, it goes along with the things that we also wrote about in the book. So, you know, our website is extraordinaryexperiences.org. And that's where you'll find lots and lots of amazing articles and stuff that goes along with the book. And then we also have, um, you know, media sources there and other places that you can look up in websites, um, other resources that's also along that we have in our at our website. But yeah, definitely um, our website has lots and lots of, of, of great stuff too, because um, and Barbara just, boy, she hangs, she just puts those out there just like it's nothing. She's, she's amazing. Uh, she's an amazing writer. Thanks. Uh, well, thank you both for coming on the show. I have enjoyed this very much. I invite you guys to check out the, the book and dive deeper. And if you want to support the show, please share it, leave a review because censorship is real and we appreciate you. But uh, thank you so much for being here. I enjoyed this and uh, we'll see all you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much. This is fun. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much. Take care. Thank you, man. Bye. Bye Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely extraordinary 
Barbara Mango, and Lynn Miller. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the show. And if you did, please support by sharing, leaving a review, um, and doing what you can to get the word out there and becoming a member. You can do a buy donation. Go to mattbelair.com. Choose a donation that works for you. Something small is totally fine. And if you need it for absolutely free, you just let me know. Uh, Send me an email and I will give it to you absolutely free because I'd love to stay connected. This censorship is absolutely bonkers. So it's the best way for you to stay connected with me. If you are interested in working one-on-one with me and you want to learn and explore living your life purpose, connecting with like-minded community, and you're really committed to architecting your life deliberately, you want to overcome self-sabotage or limiting beliefs and learn the best tools for creating a life that you are really excited to live and making a difference here and now and navigating the times that are here and that are coming, Hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and would love to work with you as well. We've got more amazing shows coming down the pipe. Uh, Be sure to check us out on Telegram, which is t.me forward slash mattbelair. You can also find the show backed up on Rockfin. Um, Check out Rockfin because uh, their membership over there is very interesting. If you become a uh, premium member, you get my show, but you get everyone else's show, but there's also a free option as well. So go check over uh, Rockfin and, uh, you know, we're going to be trying to put all the shows over on alternatives and work our way out of YouTube and looking for a platform for better Q&As. So if you know a great platform for streaming Q&As, let me know. I'm I'm starting to dabble around with Clubhouse a little bit and uh, we'll find the best platforms to stay connected. So that's it. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you have an amazing day. So let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this out. Stop whatever you're doing, taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, connection, courage, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.